This is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast for August 8th, 2016. How do you prepare to train a room full of new engineering teachers? What's the thought process before leading the training and after? We're going to talk about that in two separate episodes, starting with part one today. Our guests are Melanie Kong and Natalie Weil, both engineers originally and high school engineering teachers now, and they are about to lead a summer training session for 20 to 30 other teachers. This training covers a year's worth of engineering curriculum, all packed into two weeks in August. Guest engineer Southern Satya Silan helped moderate this conversation with me before the training session. First, who are our guests? Here's Natalie Weil. So I have a degree in architectural engineering, and I was a practicing structural engineer for several years before I moved into the classroom. Uh, I started my teaching career teaching mathematics, and now uh, I've been teaching, I think this is my sixth year, and I'll be teaching both math and engineering. This will be my second year teaching engineering. And here's Melanie Kong. I got my undergraduate degree in chemical engineering as well as a teaching certificate. And I worked in consumer products and oil and gas industries before becoming a teacher. I'm going into my third year of teaching. I've taught science, math, and engineering, and I've taught engineering for one year. You can imagine how difficult it might be to find teachers with similar backgrounds. Natalie and Melanie are going to train teachers on an engineering curriculum named Engineer Your World, which they also use in their classrooms. The University of Texas at Austin developed Engineer Your World starting in 2009 as a National Science Foundation project, and full disclosure, I also helped develop this curriculum when I used to work for UT. So why did Melanie and Natalie get involved with teaching engineering using Engineer Your World? This is Melanie. I worked on the curriculum a little bit back in college, and I really like how it... It teaches the practices and habits of mind versus diving into engineering content. So it doesn't go over engineering formulas or that kind of thing. But what it does a really good job of is embodying what it means to practice engineering design. And I feel like that's what I learned out of my own internships in um, research and development and engineering was how to go through the design process and how do you solve any problem that's in front of you. Natalie similarly learned of the curriculum at UT Austin while doing her research for her master's in STEM education. What prompted me to bring Engineer Your World to my school um, was sort of related to my experience growing up in high school. I was good at science, I was good at math, um, and everybody's just like, oh, you should be an engineer. But I really didn't have um, any experience with engineering. My parents weren't engineers, but... Uh, didn't know what else to do, so I did it. I went went into engineering and ended up luckily being being good at it, enjoying it. But um, I really wanted to give students a really broad overview of what um, to add on what Melanie was saying. What engineering is like? From um, what are the engineering habits of mind? What are the type of problems engineers do, and how that's different from science and math. Definitely want to echo what Natalie was saying there. Uh, same deal. I had no idea what the different kinds of engineering were. My dad was a chemical engineer, so that's why I went into it, but I had no idea what it actually meant. So I like how the course introduces students to little bits, little pieces of every kind of engineering, so hopefully they can make a more informed decision by the end of one year of engineering in high school. Yeah, and I really like how the Engineer Your World program is so um, accessible at a high school mm -hmm. level. It really, uh, it's project-based and it really gets students 
hands-on experience at a level that is appropriate for them without having to have an entire degree in engineering. Now Southern gets more to the theme of today. The first question is, when you were teaching engineering for the first time, how different was it from teaching other sciences? Uh, it's vastly different in, in a wonderful, wonderful way. Um, going through the experience of doing my uh, master's program and through teaching Engineer Your World, um, I think it has profoundly changed my um, the way I teach and in, 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 in a good way. Uh, and I, I see that I am carrying these concepts and these uh, pedagogical practices over into my mathematics classroom. Um, I would say that math is taught generally in a very traditional way. A lot of lecture, quiz, test, homework, work problems out of the book. And that's not incredibly engaging for the students. And it's also not necessarily hugely transferable. Great, you can work this one problem out of the book, but where does it apply? Where are you going to use it in real life? Um, and being that I was an engineer, I always had that in the back of uh, back of my mind because for an engineer, math mathematics is a tool. It's not the end-all be-all. So I always really had this desire to impart that to my students in mathematics. Where is this being used? Why are we learning this? You know, um, so I think that teaching engineering has really given a great outlet for that. And I have tried to bring that, like I said, bring that over into my mathematics classrooms, trying to get more hands-on engaging activities, trying to get students doing labs where they're collecting data um, and having to apply some mathematical concept to figure out some greater problem, which is a lot of how the engineering curriculum is taught. So um, it's, I think it, teaching engineering has had a an amazingly positive effect on the way I teach mathematics. And I really think just pedagogically or philosophy, my philosophy is, I think that's how math should be taught. That was Natalie, and here's Melanie. I came from a program which really emphasized uh, problem-based learning. So I actually carried a lot of the same, um, the same teaching style over with me to engineering. I did have some of the same students and my, my biggest struggle with going into engineering was how I was going to, um, what I was going to focus on the students knowing and how I was going to assess it. Because in all of my math and science classes, I was a standards-based teacher. So everything revolved around what are the standards and how are our students demonstrating knowledge of those standards. But engineering is so process-driven. It's like every single thing that they're doing in the process really matters. So that was a big shift for me as I didn't know how I was going to assess, like, how are they doing this activity today and the same one tomorrow? And how am I going to assess all of those things along the way? Because I really wanted my students to be following this process. Whereas in my other classes, I didn't grade any of the process. I only graded the results. So that was a huge change for me was trying to figure out how was I going to do process versus versus the standards. That is something yes. that is an educational piece for your students that sometimes they're wary of, particularly at the beginning, since it's a, you know, there's there's a, well, technically, infinitely many ways that you could approach and solve this problem, and there's not necessarily a right way. Um, as long as you're meeting the customer needs or meeting the specifications that need to be met for the 
for the given parameters, how you go about doing that yeah. is up to you. And it's okay if you fail. That's part of the learning process. You know, I get so many students that kept, you know, especially at the beginning of the year asking me, well, how is this going to be graded? What, what if it, what if it doesn't work? Am I going to fail? Is it, is it going to be points off in there? Because they have for their entire school career have been sort of indoctrinated to this, you know, points based grading system where there is one right answer. Yeah. And, yeah. and there is not one right answer in engineering. As long as you meet the customer specifications, um, you're you're fine. I feel like yeah. There are better answers. Yeah, sir. Oh, certainly, <laughs> certainly there are better answers. Sir. There are better answers, but uh, there are better ways to reach you know an end design. But there's not the answer's not two. Right. There yeah. is you know it's not a check mark or a X mark. It's um it's a like you're saying it's a process and yeah. um getting and students behind that it they have to I don't think they understand it's that hard to as well as hard to tell your students that that's what it's really important because yeah. students are so used to like oh I need to be able to solve a proportion and they're not used to, to thinking about like oh I have to be able to identify what the problem is it's a different set of standards that you're trying to teach and I'm going to share something that a science teacher at my school whenever he started teaching this engineering course he didn't realize how science was so different from engineering but what really struck him was when he was looking at that list of standards and he never seen you know he never realize that in engineering, the content that you're learning is how to solve a problem. The content isn't about earthquakes. It's not about doing math problems. It's about how to solve a problem. So that was a big shift for him was thinking about how the content of engineering is the practice, not the knowledge. Okay, so one of those teachers uh, that was interacting with me told me, this is the context for the conversation. Okay. Um, training room full of teachers or being in a room full of teachers is like being in a room full of alphas. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? So that's pretty mm-hmm. much where, where the question is yeah. coming from. So yeah. these are not your kids, these yeah. are not just students or, or you're used to a certain kind of dynamics in the mm-hmm. relationship. So here, that's not the case. And in addition to just delivering the content, you also need to te- uh, train them from a perspective of teachers yourself mm-hmm. on your, you know, drawing from your own experiences. Mm-hmm. So what's the outlook? What are you guys uh, looking at? moving towards this. So we are currently, so Natalie and I are currently observing a PD session in which we're watching other teachers, trained teachers, and what we have talked about is how important it is for the teachers to actually experience the course as if they were students, because we want the teachers to understand these are the problems that your students are going to face, these are some of the questions that might come to their mind, and we want them to have that authentic student experience so they, they can emphasize more with their students come the school year. Um, but what we've been noticing, it's been really hard as teachers to stay in that we, um, the trainers stay in teacher mode and the teachers stay in student mode. So it, it's been hard to distinguish between when is teacher talk versus student talk time. You know, we've had these conversations of it's really hard for the teachers to not be in teacher mode because they're teachers. And so when they're going through a project, they're thinking of it all from a teacher perspective. Well, how am I going to deliver this material? How am I going to manage these supplies? What am I going to do for this assessment? And when they're only focused on that, I think some some of the experience just is lost for them can be of truly what it's like to go through the, the design process or whatever project it is. Uh, we're working on. Um, so I think that's one going to be one difficulty is managing that, helping, 
helping the teachers to, for at least some portion of the time, try and stay in student mode so they can understand where their students are coming from. And then, okay, pause. Now let's have a conversation from teacher to teacher, from the teacher perspective, because of course that's important too. We want, you know, them to, to not only experience it from a student perspective, but then also think about, okay, how are we going to deliver this, you know, from a teacher perspective, but keeping that divide or keeping them in student mode for at least part of the time, I think is difficult. And I understand that as a teacher. So do you guys have any strategies on how we plan to do that? Yeah, I think we're just going to be really transparent at the very beginning for mm -hmm. we need to have these different modes. And we were respecting that you all are teachers, you have more experience than us. And we all, you know, you all have a lot of wisdom to share with everybody. Um, but to truly, to authentically experience this course, we do need to have, to set up these norms for it. This is when you need to be thinking like you're a student versus this is when we can have conversations teacher to teacher. So yeah. we're definitely going to just spend a little bit of time at the beginning discussing what the philosophy behind what we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, and they're not our students, they're our colleagues. So I, th yeah. you know, I think that's a big, a big difference, you know, just treating them like our colleagues, but being very upfront and transparent from the yeah. beginning. This is what we want to do during this time. We want you to experience it like a student, try and, you know, honor that process. And then I promise you, we will, we will give you time to approach this from a teacher's perspective too. I think that's, I think that's their, just their, you know, worries or fears that, you know, Oh my God! When, when, when are we gonna? When are we gonna? When are we gonna? Yeah, yeah. And so we've you know developed ways. You know we want them to write questions down in their engineering notebook as they come okay. up. We want yeah. them to. We have a. Um, we've been using Padlet as sort of a parking lot for questions for them to. So Padlet is an online tool that you can use to keep track of that stuff. Yeah. So you know, mm -hmm. hey, I, we understand when you this question comes up when you're thinking about it in the right. moment. Awesome jot that down in your notebook or go jot it down on Padlet. So then when yeah. we come to the teacher teacher time, we can come back and uh, address it without distracting from the flow mm -hmm. of the project. And we've, we've talked about having specific time set aside too. So potentially lunch and learns, whereas like today we're going to discuss how to do notebooking or we're going to discuss how to do team accountability. So the setting aside times to address the hot topics for teachers. Yeah. Have you been to other professional developments? Uh, mm -hmm. I have. I'm just curious. How, <laughs> Probably, yeah. How is, yeah. <laughs> how is a professional development for engineering expected to be different from other professional developments? I've never been a teacher professional development. So, oh, okay. So you're talking about like teacher <laughs> Oh, you're missing out. Yeah. Let, no, but, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> no, so a lot of the... Hey, you can come to mine later this summer if you want. <laughs> so I, I've been to... I've also been to teacher... Like a train the teacher... PD as well. So like the similar, oh, okay. so, so that might be to get yeah, to bring up as well, but they did a really good job of putting on the teacher hat and the trainer hat. So that you yeah. would, the Mari trainer would actually specifically say, okay, now you're students. And he would, um, you know, display putting on his trainer hat. So now like, yeah, so he, so like, so now we're in this mode and you are students and you're taking notes as if you're students, you're asking questions as if you're students. So he had, he had a really clear divide between this is the time that we're going to talk as if you are a student in the course versus this is the time that we're talking as if you are going to be teaching the course because yeah. you are going to be. But a lot of the PD sessions I go to as a teacher and we'll model a lot of the same, like the trainer will be a teacher and we're, we'll be the students. We'll model the activities as students. So I do see that a lot. Yeah, I think, 
it seems like in my experience, there hasn't been a clear, as clear of a divide between like, this is teacher time versus this is, this is student time. So what I have found is that the teachers just stay stuck in teacher mode 100% of the time and aren't getting, really getting into that student space where they're experiencing it as a student. Um, so I think it just takes being very clear and upfront you know, from the beginning, this is our philosophy. This is what we want you to do. And so some, you know, right now is teacher time. Okay. Now let's switch gears. Now this is student, uh, student time. That, that gives me a lot of, uh, insights. <laughs> so okay. thank you for that. Yeah, sure. I did learn a lot. This seems like such a simple and elegant solution. Put on the teacher hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I personally learned a lot from you guys, uh, in this conversation. I can totally see what went wrong with my training sessions in the past. <laughs> it wasn't. That, uh, I'm sure you were fine. That I'm going to implement in the future. That's a brilliant strategy. And I'm, I'm actually very curious mm. as to, uh, know, how this actually works out with you. Yep. The, the <laughs> we'll see. Speak as engineers and teachers in that. Is, yeah. Yes. I, that is I, huge I know there might be times when we need to put on our engineering mm -hmm. hats yeah, too. Yeah, this is our teacher hat. Right, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there are times when I when I do want to talk yes. content wise yeah. about like oh during the chemical engineering this is like an yeah. actual example of design of experiments in industry like yeah. I I might want to pull up oh, those experiences I get, too, I get so. super excited during the yeah. earthquake unit and want to talk totally all about the structural engineering and I think it's just it takes us too we as trainers have to make sure that we are honoring when we are in teacher mode and they are in student mode it's really hard for me I want to give them all my teacher tip trips yeah. tip trips. <laughs> tips and tricks I want to do that then yeah. and I, I have to hold myself back and be like no you know what I need to yeah. I need to give them the student experience pause on that so I think it's a two-way street it's it's me yeah. making sure that I'm honoring the process just as, as much as they are honoring the process yeah. but I get super excited and want to go dive way deep into all the structural engineering so yeah. uh, I totally get that there's a time for teacher hat there's a time for engineering hat you know what? So uh, you will have time to talk about this. Okay. If you guys are willing to do another session. Absolutely. After you finish all your right. training, uh, would you guys be willing to come back and talk about what happened? Yeah, it'll be worked, interesting. Yeah, it works. absolutely. All that a debrief and a post mortem. So it'll be great. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank, right, you thank you, guys. Right, thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Natalie. And thank you, Southern. Thank you, Paz. Thank you. Let's thank everyone. And we'll <laughs> come back again soon. Awesome. Stay tuned for part two of this talk in an upcoming episode. Our guests will talk about what happened after their first time running this training. You can go online to find more information about the engineering curriculum mentioned in this episode at engineeryourworld.org. That's also linked in today's show notes. Please subscribe to the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite player, and rate this on iTunes if you like it. On Twitter, send me comments, at Bias Wong. You can also like and share the show on Facebook for updates. The views expressed in this podcast are our own, and they are not necessarily the opinions of any schools or other organizations with which we might be connected. Our opening music comes from School Zone by the Honorable Sleaze. Our music in the middle and at the close is from Love is Chemical and Theme P by Steve Combs. All are used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.